0: So lean a little on your friends, they will carry you, shelter from the stormy nights. Lean a little on your friends, they will guide you through, you know you're gonna be alright. Welcome back to Banter Banter, where we just couldn't help ourselves, and needed to take a moment to dive into an old moment we've had in the past. Let's just get into it, and drive ourselves down to the trailer part. week on the trailer park, we have decided to turn our eyes to a movie that, in some senses, has come back as a trend. It is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Go ahead and press pause now, load up that official Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, and then join us for our conversation about it. So, gentlemen, question, hot take on this trailer, would you go see this movie before we talk about it? Just the trailer, does it pull you in?
1: Just off of the trailer, no.
2: Well, considering I've seen the movie, I would say yes, it did compel me
0: to go see it. Okay. I think it did also compel me to want to watch it, and I have not seen it, but I think that might be part of a larger conversation we'll get to here in a little bit about trends, because I feel like this movie is kind of touching base with a trend in society. Manny, you said you didn't feel like this trailer made you interested to see the movie. What about it didn't pull you in or maybe what about it turned you away from interest?
1: I would say just based off of the trailer, it feels like the movie is too afraid to stand on its own merits. It's just laden with, in shorthand, we'll call it member berries.
0: Oh, so a good old thick heaping of nostalgia? You remember Ecto-1? Oh, I remember. Member Proton Packs? I remember.
1: You know, before everybody listening gets their pitchworks out, I'm going to say that, off of the opinions of a few friends, my dear co-host Aaron included, I'm going to give the movie a shot. But the trailer itself wasn't enough of a reason to make me want to. And if nobody had talked about it after that, then I would have just taken that on good word that it wasn't a very good movie. I'm going to give it a shot. Fair enough. This is only the first teaser trailer that we have watched. There are
2: actually more trailers out there that kind of give a better idea of what's going on. And I understand what you say about the film being too afraid to stand on its own merits, especially with that monologue from Peter Vankman from the first film that plays kind of in the last third of the trailer. You know, it's standing on nostalgia's legs at that point, because you see the Ecto-1, you see the ghost trap, but not, you know, a whole lot else. But once you watch the other trailers, you will get a taste of kind of what's going on.
1: Yes, I have seen the other trailers. I would say they were better, but I suppose that's not what we're here to discuss.
0: I will throw my two cents in. I think because of a few of the faces I saw in the trailer, I was pulled in. I'm interested in seeing the... Actor Finn Wolfhard. I might be mispronouncing his name. He plays the character Trevor. I'm excited to see him see extra acting talent outside of what we all know him for, which is Stranger Things. I like Paul Rudd, so that's kind of a, an extra win in my book. I've got a flip of the coin because it's Specifically focusing on the original Ghostbusters, that I'm gonna get a replay of the old cast. Maybe get a little Sigourney Weaver, some Bill Murray, one of my favorites, Ernie Hudson, doing some Winston for us. Like, that'd be pretty prime. And looking at IMDb, I see that these people are in there. That's kind of where my heart went with this trailer. Sounds like we've got two yeses and one. Like, sideways, yes? Like a, meh?
1: Based off of your question on whether the trailer would make me want to see it, you can count me as a no. Okay. I amend my overall opinion on the movie, well, willingness to watch it, based off of factors external to the trailer.
0: Fair enough. So we've got two yeses and one no when it comes to just the trailer selling us on this movie. As Manny mentioned... Most of my yes is the connective tissue to the original, which I would definitely say was a trend during the time that it was popular. It spiked, and then it faded away kind of quickly. I
2: would hardly say that. It spawned a several season-running cartoon show, as well as a very large toy line from Hasbro. It definitely
1: did not disappear anytime quickly. After sitting here and thinking about it, I think maybe I came up with a larger excuse. Mike, if we're allowed to step out of the trailer park to discuss a little bit surrounding it. Yeah, we can do that. As you're all familiar, this isn't the only recent attempt to cycle Ghostbusters back into the cultural zeitgeist, as you mentioned earlier. There was a movie in 2016. One starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones. Yeah, that sounds right. And Chris Hemsworth.
0: I might make a lot of our listeners angry, but I loved that movie.
1: Well, here's the thing, I did too. But not on the first viewing. So, the problem with it I believe is that they tried to market it in a similar tone to what they did with this trailer. And that's that, again, it felt like they were too afraid to try and sell the movie on its own merits, so they opted to fill it with callbacks and fan service. The things that get you excited, the things that you said sold you on this iteration of the Ghostbusters.
0: Them good old member berries.
1: Right. Well, the 2016 iteration kind of decided to pull apart from it by going too far from relating it from the original set of movies. And they sort of pulled away both in the characters' particular backstories and just how much it was about the original storyline that I think that upset a lot of people. And it upset me too because it wasn't what was being sold to me. So I think when this trailer came out, For Ghostbusters Afterlife, I was already guarding myself against that attempt, which is why as soon as I was being hit with a nostalgic marketing campaign, I remembered how poorly I reacted to that shock of it being not what I expected and sort of discounted those points it was trying to sell me on from whether or not i wanted to see the film i understand where you're coming from and
2: as someone who has seen it i can tell you that ghostbusters afterlife is nostalgic for the first ghostbusters and a lot of ways that the force awakens is nostalgic for a new hope there's going to be a lot of parallels a lot of connective tissue in each story but i will say this it is a deeply personal story in afterlife, more personal than you may even realize. Once you realize
1: what's going on, who's who, and what the relevance. Actually, that's a very excellent example you brought up, Aaron, because I think that The Force Awakens was doing for Star Wars in its like third set of trilogies what Ghostbusters Afterlife was doing as kind of a third restart after the 2016, which I would consider their attempt to bring it back the first time. I think a lot of people call it the Who You Gonna Call series. But I think that single movie, the 2016 one, stands in the same place as the prequel trilogy in star wars does where they tried to do something they deviated too much they got a lot of negative feedback so they took several steps back to a safe place where they do a lot of we'll call it reverent material a lot of we'll say narrative passing of the torch if not literally then figuratively am i going in the right direction here yeah I think they're doing the same thing. It's almost like an apology for the last one. So the 2016 film is divisive and I have admittedly
2: not seen it yet. It is on my list to see because I do want to see it. Ooh, we should do a Ghostbusters trade then. How about you watch that and I'll watch Afterlife. Yeah, you know what? I like this idea. I will watch Ghostbusters, who you're going to call? And you may watch Afterlife and we will compare notes. Please forget
1: about all the member berries. If anything, trick yourself for a moment that this isn't even a Ghostbusters film. Just take it as its own sci-fi action comedy thing, and it works really well.
0: It is a film that happens to have the title Ghostbusters. Don't associate it with the original Ghostbusters material. At least until you're done, and then... And then you can talk about connecting
2: it. Yeah, because it's not meant to be connected. It's my understanding that a lot of the original Ghostbusters are in it, but they do cameos of, like, their cameos as they are other characters just in their world. But it's still kind of...
0: They are definitely not cameos of the original Ghostbusters that you are pitched in the trailers that it is. Because I think that's kind of the issue at hand for Manny, is both this trailer... Ghostbusters Afterlife and the trailer for Ghostbusters Who You Gonna Call were intentionally using member berries from your emotional past to draw you in to watch this movie. Whether or not they actually connect with that story isn't what's important in the trailer. The trailer's just pulling you in to get your monies.
1: I think the important thing with the creative product you're trying to sell and the nostalgic callback you're trying to make is trying to find a balance where after experiencing the final product you shouldn't be left thinking well I guess if I really wanted original formula that much I should have just re-watched the old ones and I feel that that's a taste a lot of I'm gonna say poorly marketed either sequels or remakes tend to do, is if I leave with that flavor of, like, I'd have had a better time just watching the old one. That's a hallmark of poor marketing.
2: One strength that Afterlife has right off the bat is that it is being directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of the original director, Ivan Reitman. I mean, he spent time on the set as a child, if I understand correctly. So he grew up with Ghostbusters around him and wanted to tell a continuation of the story, and it is very much a continuation. It is what I feel both a natural conclusion and a good starting point for maybe, like, what would be considered the next generation of Ghostbusters.
0: That's a fair assumption. And with that, I'm going to take us... Well, Mike? Yeah? Actually, I think if
1: you're transitioning the way I think you're fixing to transition into our main topic...
0: Are you sure about how I'm going to transition into this?
1: No, no. I think I found a poetic way of doing it. Mike? Don't you mean the transition? So, Mike. Uh... I think it's really great that you brought this movie to us as sort of the icebreaker for what it's is looking to be about the first third of our episode. And that is the subtitle to the movie. Afterlife. What is the afterlife of some trends?
0: Well, I have a trend that has an afterlife that just keeps going. That's right, folks. I'm having myself... Are you playing Pogs? Did you drop your keys? A beautiful Kirin Inchiban with some delicious hot sake. And this trend just keeps going. It's like you can't put a good trend down, can you? Trends are something that do go out of style, but sometimes they come back. And before we dive too deep into trends specifically, I just want to quick remind everybody about the definition of a trend. A trend is a change or development in a general direction or a topic, something that comes into society and becomes popular for a certain amount of time, and then fades away. Whether that time is two years, five years, ten years, that's not what's important. It's something that comes into a certain cultural group, becomes popular, expands, and then fades away. And sometimes, those trends come back. Whether it be a bad fashion trend, or a great fashion trend. Something you loved, or, oh man, something you hated. Today what we're going to talk about is some trends from our past that have either fortunately or unfortunately come back into popularity. Guys, do you have any off the top of your head that you feel have happened in the past year or two as a trend? that has come back into style that you remember maybe from early childhood, the 90s, the aughts, the tens. We've got several decades to work with here. And trends don't necessarily function in a reoccurring concept. Trends from several decades can become popular all in one decade without issues, breaking any trends, breaking any... Breaking any trends.
1: (laughs) Oh, I get it.
2: (laughs) For me personally, I've always tended to walk to the beat of my own drum. I don't often pay attention to what's currently in or trending. Whenever I get on YouTube or Twitter, there are specific buttons that you can press that will show you what is currently trending either on social media platforms from someone's tweets or a video that's trending. I didn't even hit that because to me it's kind of like I'll discover what I like and maybe sometimes by accident or by searching. You mean
0: like Ghostbusters Afterlife coming back into a trend after being out of a trend for a while? Are you talking about trends
2: as in... Movie series that have not had installments for a while that end
0: up coming back years later for another shot at trying to put the. Is it a trend? You're trying to create a finite definition, and I'm just using trends. Fashion, music, style, vehicle shape. Is it something that you remember from your past and like it's regaining traction now?
1: Argue semantics with banter banter.
0: Right.
2: Trends are rooted in entertainment. So, basically, think of this surge of... Capitalism
0: as... Oh, God. Capitalism, I know. No.
2: It's rooted in
0: capitalism, but... Across... I mean, yeah. It's all rooted in capitalism.
2: To a degree. Yeah, I think success is also another word I would use. Maybe... I don't know. Capitalism leaves such a bad taste in most people's mouths. And while it definitely does exist and it's definitely wielded incorrectly, I think it's also wielded correctly in a lot of instances. So, but that's probably a conversation for another time. Like a four month conversation. Oh, gee whiz. I don't have that much steam.
0: I could dig into capitalism so bad. You know what, Mike? I don't even doubt it. You could probably write a book on it, if I'm being honest. I could become a mining conglomerate off of the digging into capitalism that (laughs) I a capitalist throw onto a coal fire and then sell the energy Mike
2: capitalist miner he talks about capitalists that can't drink yet
0: cause he's a miner (laughs) (laughs) although I like those puns I would like to legally state I am not a minor and have purchased all of my alcohol legally. I'm surprised
2: you haven't cracked one open on this episode yet.
1: He did. It was when he dropped <laughs> his keys.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that's right. It was my transition. I thought he was playing Pogs. No, there was a nice <laughs> of the bottle that I opened because Kieran Ichiban that I currently have is in a glass bottle and not a man you did say kieran ichiban and oh man i put that as close to the mic as so like to hop back
2: on when you said you were <laughs> drinking hot sake i just started kind of like singing to myself hot sake check it and see i've got blood alcohol of 0.03 <laughs>
0: So while you guys are going on your tirade... Mm, we're doing, like, Weird owl songs now? Because that's definitely a trend that, that is gold. super popular. That and is gold. has kind of come back.
1: <laughs> Whatever you're selling, I'm buying, it. Yeah,
2: yeah. The rest of my album will come out later this year. Of my Mike's Drinking... I'm going to call the album Mike's Drinking Habits. <laughs> to get back on topic, since trends are rooted in entertainment... Yeah, we will see things like, you know, movie series coming back years later. Or look at the influx of 80s culture that has impacted some modern properties. Like, look at Stranger Things. That show is so 80s-filled. I mean, one, it takes place in the 80s. The 80s as a setting has become so appealing to people because of many of the trends and that were in the
0: entertainment industry that existed back then. Trends, when they come back, time difference between the trend's repopularization and its original popularity is not necessarily a correlation so every trend does not come back at the same time. Right. I would say, like, as far as fashion went,
2: I was never really on any of those trend trains. But here's a good example, Jinko jeans. While they did look comfortable because... I love baggy clothing, not like so baggy. If I fell out of airplane, I'd probably land safely. But, you know, something that's not hugging my thighs and my legs.
0: Wait, were skin tight jeans popular earlier than current? I believe the baggy clothes of the 90s was
1: a reaction to the tighter clothes of the early 80s and 70s. I was about to say, especially the 70s, I want to say, like, the late 60s, early
0: 70s. Follow-up question. Aaron, are people wearing 42 bottom jinkos in your town? They are not, but I have seen at least- Hulk Hogan wearing them. (laughs) Well, we can't call Hulk Hogan a trendsetter currently. I feel like he's aged out. (laughs) As we all will. Yeah. If The Rock was wearing them- I think you're touching a little closer to, like, second base at that. All right, now
2: listen, if Dwayne J started wearing them, I might have to give Jinko jeans a second look through. (laughs) If they're good for my Rocky J, then they gotta be good for me.
0: (laughs) Rocky's also a jean brand, mostly
2: for women, I believe.
0: Rocky is also a movie trend that has... At least attempted to return recently.
2: That's very true, with Creed. But even before that, they did have, I think it was just called Rocky Balboa in, I want to say maybe 2015 or something like that. Oh. They had brought out another Rocky and another Rambo film, like way after their times. You're quite right, sir. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like here's a trend cashing in on
1: Nostalgia. I wouldn't call that a trend, but a business model. Business models can be trends, though. But I think it sometimes does feed back into
0: creating a trend. Absolutely. But The business model is to make money, and then they will literally throw any old-timey spaghetti against the wall.
1: Here's a separation I would make. Sometimes I think they will hop onto trends as they see them occurring. But other times they try to manufacture that trend.
0: Sure. And the manufacturing's the one where it does not normally work.
1: I don't know. Y'all are really
0: into that Ghostbusters film. I mean, I, it's really good. I mean, I won't oversell it, but it's really good. Now, Manny, you're bringing up the Ghostbusters movie, and as you said, I enjoyed the second, well, the all female cast, and I think the all female cast one which came out in 2016, is close enough to this one that I think I'm enjoying that one enough that I'm willing to give this one prospect. But I do have some, as you mentioned, trend-worthy member berries that are also adding into the mix. But I'm a curious individual. I try to take things at face value and then complain about the capitalism afterwards. <laughs> it wouldn't be you. Okay, I might complain about the capitalism in advance. Spitting nails and sipping IPAs. I will also give some of my money to them, because it might be worth it. 99 cents isn't that bad to throw away to find out if something's good or crap.
2: You guys do have access to a marvelous dollar cinema, and I do recommend taking advantage of it. But I will say, had you not had that, that Ghostbusters Afterlife is
1: worth the full ticket price. I'm talking evening showing price. I guess another one, since we were going through the list, I was recalling the newest entry to Halo that just came out, sort of brought it back into popularity, albeit a little bit limited. That is Halo
0: Infinite. The video game or the current attempt to make a movie or miniseries or whatever So I know we talked about that,
1: but I was not aware of it when we went into it. So mostly the video game
0: from my part. I have only seen random trailers from Paramount Plus, which are basically their shitty capitalistic attempt at convincing me to buy (laughs) their streaming service on top of all the ones I already
2: have.
1: Man, dude,
2: you're on fire tonight. Someone grab a
0: fire extinguisher, please.
1: I agree, but I was talking about the video game.
0: I have not played it, and I have not actually seen any trailers for it. What is your take on it or what is the information you've gleaned so far in your interactions?
1: Poor Master Chief can't die. This is about the third entry where they're like, Master Chief's last stand.
0: And then it
1: ends on this dramatic, like, cliffhanger note of like, oh did he die? Did he sacrifice himself for the good of
0: all the Haloans? So how many times has Master Chief pretended to be Colonel Mustard? Since Halo 3. So since the third take of the video game, I didn't get past the second one.
1: Halo 3 was supposed to be his, you know, final stand. That
2: was supposed to be the swan song. And it was so good, too. Do y'all remember the ending? No, I haven't played it.
1: Yeah, it was a good ending.
2: It was so hard. Like, I cried. Like,
0: basically... Here's. The, are you ever going to play it, Mike? No, I will never play it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Just real quick. If you spoil it, I will reach through this microphone what? and strangle you.
1: It's okay, Aaron. Whenever we decide to do some Let's Play ventures for Banter Banter, All right. we can make sure that no matter which one of us plays Halo, that we drag Mike along as player two. Okay, that sounds good. It's a mandate. You can... Tell me
2: the
0: ending. I'm not going to be upset. Okay.
2: There are some things that happen in throughout the series of Halo that really makes you question John's mortality and whether or not he actually is. He's clearly an android and we all know it. If him. I am not mistaken, it's either in the first, the second game or the third game. I think it's the second game where you basically plummet from space and land and make a crater. Like, you go through the atmosphere, you land and make a crater, and then some sort of, like, high-ranking admiral, or... It wasn't Keyes, it was somebody else. It was a guy voiced by Ron Perlman, I do remember that. He was like, why do you always jump? One of these days you're gonna run into something, or you're gonna land into something as stubborn as you are.
0: And I was like, wow, that's a good line. Yeah, you mean another Master Chief that the military paid $7 billion to get... Two of? When an unstoppable Master Chief hits an immovable Master Chief, that's when you divide by zero. That's when you get the next Halo video game. That yeah, Reach, that's right, because there's more than one Spartan. Because, boy, are we reaching. <laughs> so
1: the story kind of left after three, and then they brought him back for four, canonically. And then they did five. And then Infinite is kind of the sixth, installment directly in the Master Chief storyline? Correct. Because 5 was Guardians, I believe. Right. There was Guardians. There was ODST. There was Wars 1 and 2.
2: So after Halo 3, ODST was released. And
1: then Halo Reach was released. And that was the last one. As people at the time called it Halo Oats, which sounded like Halo Oats, which I thought was a great Oats. breakfast cereal alternative. Instead of going for the Quaker Oats, just go for the one with Master Chief on the cylinder. The Halo Oats. So yeah, I went ODST, then Spartan Assault, then Halo 4, then Halo 5. And Halo
2: 4 marked the beginning of 343 Studio producing the game from then on. Then Halo Wars 2. Halo Wars 2. I thought Halo Wars was by
1: Bungie. Well, the first one was.
2: Okay. Because I'm guessing Microsoft must have just purchased the rights to Halo from Bungie, once Bungie decided they wanted to start work on something else, which ended up being Destiny.
0: Once Bungie decided that they'd sell themselves to Sony, they're like, "We don't need you, Microsoft. You're chumps."
2: I mean, when you think about it, that's a good opportunity for publishers. I mean, that was like a long distance apart, my friend. <laughs> that's not the first time that like Bungie has been owned. Like, I think Microsoft owned them, and then they bought themselves out from Microsoft,
1: and then someone else owned them. Was it Activision who owned them, or EA? Ooh, who knows nowadays, with all these conglomerates recombining to form... Exactly, that's what I'm saying. ...to form the Serpentera that will crush us all. They bought themselves out
2: again, but from what I've read, like, Bungie is very excited because they say that SIE has always treated them... With, like, an overwhelming amount of respect, it gives them the tools they need, but the freedom to still be them, and, like, what makes Bungie's heart beat, or something. It was something that the CEO of Bungie was saying, it was very heartfelt, in their public letter to people saying that they were
1: now under the SIE family. And they were like, yeah, but what's that black eye
0: from? And they were like, oh, I, uh... I fell down some stairs. Wow, we really got into the weeds. (laughs) Manny, I want to pull us back out of the weeds and have you quickly tell us a trend that you have seen come back into popular culture that you either liked or didn't like.
1: I thought that was the last 12 minutes that we just used.
0: Halo was the thing that you didn't like?
1: Yeah, I think mechanically it's doing fine, but they should have moved on from Master Chief.
0: Gentlemen, what I would like you to both do with me at the same moment, grab that magic 8-ball that is sitting in front of you.
2: Oh, there is an 8-ball sitting in front of me.
0: Look at that. Now pick it up.
1: Give it a good... There's a pro controller here. Does... Will that count?
0: The moment you flip it over after shaking it vigorously, it will turn into a magic 8-ball just long enough for that trend to exist. For like three weeks before vanishing again.
1: Mike, mine's broken. It's still a controller.
0: Now shake it really, 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 really hard. Hey, guys. Shake, shake. Shake, shake.
1: Nope. Huh? I guess I'm screwed. All right. I'll just play theater of the mind. What are we doing?
0: Now flip it over and tell me the first trend that it tells you will come back into popularity in the next 10 years. Oh, huh, let's see, a message is starting to come up. Guitar Hero. hoo. you know, that was a good moneymaker. I feel like Guitar Hero just needs to match up with, what was it, Garage Band, where, like, you had the drum kit as well?
1: Well, and think about it, it is under Activision's list of properties that just got acquired.
0: <laughs>
1: so, just a matter of time. I mean, rhythm games, they come back around. And I'm pretty sure Big Daddy Microsoft is definitely not gonna pass up an opportunity to try and
0: quench that market. I'm gonna kick your Guitar Hero idea up a notch. I would love Parappa the Rapper to come back. What are we
1: wagering on this? Do we get to make a whole episode about whichever trend came back
0: when it comes back? Yeah, that sounds fair. My proper stake in the trend that's going to come back is capitalism being horrible for society. Because that's a trend that never ends.
1: I don't think it counts if it never stopped.
0: Aaron, are there any magic words on your eight ball after you shook it that give you some predictive power on the next trend that we can buy stock in and become filthy, filthy rich?
1: Other than lawyering up and making sure you can properly distance yourself from the train wreck that is this podcast episode? (laughs) Hold on. Holding.
0: Holding.
2: Here we go. This is the second time I'm going to do this now.
0: Shake, 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 shake. Are you saying you want Shake and Bank the reference from Talladega Nights or like shake and bank the actual food product where you put food in the bag with the crumbs and you shake it and then you put it in the oven.
2: Absolutely not. For the three people in the world who played the game, that has a sound from a game called Mischief Makers for the N64. Oh, wow. Deep cut there. Every single time she picked up an enemy, she could shake out diamonds from them as currency. And she would always go, shake, 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 shake. But anyway, I don't have a little ghost face minion that I'm shaking into oblivion and getting all the gems. I have a magic eight ball and a message. It's starting to become visible. Tell us what that message is. It's becoming clearer. A coming trend will be (laughs) being nice to each other. Ha, right. Joke's on you, idiot! When was that a trend?
1: (laughs) I threw my magic Gate ball against the wall and it exploded. I think that trend stopped being a trend after Sonic and Knuckles was released, because there has never been a moment of general contentment from the Sonic fandom pretty much after that entry. Man... How great is that Sonic the Hedgehog 2
2: movie trailer, though? I have not seen it, but I will say... Oh, no, no, I want to say what's in it so badly because that's doing Knuckles!
1: I tend not to watch trailers for movies I've already convinced myself into watching.
2: That's fair, that's fair, I understand.
0: And wasn't Knuckles in the first movie?
2: No, was not.
0: No. Sonic was attacked by the race of Knuckles' character yes. people in the first movie. So in theory, we don't actually know if Knuckles himself was there during the attack.
1: No, he wasn't because they were very distinct. They had different coloration.
0: We don't know if he was like covered in whatever cloth robe thing and bad lighting. No,
1: trust me. They would not squander that sort of a chance to bring back that member berry. People love Knuckles. Which is why they put him in this new movie.
0: But do they love him so much in comparison to Tails?
1: When
2: Knuckles first appeared, it was as an antagonist to Sonic. Because he was trying to thwart, him. he was trying to. So,
0: like, literally, the murderous people that showed up before he got forced into the world of. E Earth? E
1: Mechanically. He basically serves the role of the foil to Sonic's protagonist, where the most common examples for those who view anime are the rival character, like Vegeta. The I'm a real big tough guy, and can't nobody beat you except me. And then the hero's about to get beaten by a bigger villain, and he's like, no, that's for me. You see that rump over there? That's mine.
0: I'm supposed to get it. Get it. Well, before we get into any more Sonic, let's just say, audience, come join us next episode when we sit down and actually discuss the first Sonic movie that came out in 2020.
2: I do have one closing thing I would like to say on our topic of trends. Manny, a little while ago, you posed the question, What is the afterlife of trends? And I have an answer for you. Because of how. All
0: trends go to heaven.
2: All trends go to heaven, that's right. Don Bluth said so. The word of our Lord and Savior, Don Bluth. Because of the cyclicalness of the conversation and how it also touched on other. Phenomenon that we feel. I think the afterlife of trends is nostalgia. Fair enough. Because we gain those memories, the member berries of that trend, and we hold them dear to our heart. Which is why when we see something that's close to our heart make a resurgence, that's why it always gives us those warm nostalgia fuzzies inside.
0: Now that Aaron has defined how banter banter is literally nostalgia. Seeing as how we do sit at the corner of reality. Nostalgia in reality.
1: So everyone, thanks for listening to another banter banter. On this, our very very last episode. Before we delve into Sonic again. Don't forget to hit us up on our socials.
0: Tweet at us what themes or trends that you want to see come back or don't want to see come back
1: don't forget whether you love us or hate us
0: go ahead and rate us mash that subscribe button with two or three clicks no need to get aggressive
2: and as always take care of your health both mental and physical don't forget
0: to wear a mask wash your hands don't touch your face and please do not be on fire And get those shots, if you're able to. Or the booster! Go join our Banter Banter Cast Facebook page. Share some Mike facts with us on Twitter at Banter underscore cast. Or individually at Brogar, C-R-E for Manny. Aaron at 8-Bit Wizard. The 8 is Roman Numerical. And me at Mike eight time. That's the number eight. This season's cover art is brought to us by Bobbins and Goblins. And the fourth season intro and outro song is Friends, created by Miracle of Sound. Go check out this and many more songs from the artist.